HawkFanatic.com. This segment brought to you by Dr. Lance Forbes. Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. The Oxyoke Inn and the Amanis, Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers. Big Dog Satellite, Internet and Solar. Don't call an 800 number. Call Kevin and his crew at Big Dog and Premier Dish. Authorized retailer, 338-6600. Brought to you by Suples Flowers, the home of 1-800-800-ROSE. So I wanted to make my throat feel better, uh-huh. and now I'm choking on my, t- on my Diet Coke. <laughs> Went down the wrong track. Wow. GT Car and his crew at Suple Siding and Remodeling. Mike's Lock at E-Keys for Cars. Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. And Patrick Eads and his great staff at Deary Brothers Ford Lincoln on Mormon Trek. From hawkfanatic.com, here's Pat Hardy. Morning, Pat. Oops, wrong mic. Let's try again. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. It sounds like a Petri dish in here. Yeah, it's the allergy. Phlegm and Not coughing. Me. And yeah. Just yeah, phlegm's okay. Chest it's, rattling. My and... health problems laugh at COVID. <laughs> How about Hunter's? Same with Hunter? Yeah. You both just... Well, Hunter's he's been, been coughing long before COVID. Yeah. He doesn't even smoke. Hack it up nope. since he used to. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. So did I, but it's been yeah. so long that... It hasn't been that long... Jim, how long? Six years. Six years. Congratulations. I think yeah. for me it's been 34 years. My son, too, six years. No smoking. Thank God. And good for him. So 34 years ago, when is that, 1986? Six, yeah. You quit my junior year of college. Yeah. And I smoked a lot, and I liked every single one I ever had. Yes, and <laughs> the smell, everything about cigarettes has always grossed me out. I've tr- I tried to smoke cigarettes. I, I couldn't even, I could never even inhale them. Yeah. I mean, it just made my chest feel like it was going to explode the moment that stuff started. I, yeah. Thankfully, I never, my body never had any craving for a cigarette. I didn't have a problem with the... Uh... I never smoked. Yeah, no, nor did I. Well, you guys are better people. Than and I was you. around a lot of people who yeah, did. We're the, we're the best people yeah, ever. That's, what's your greatest <laughs> asset? Well, I never smoked. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's probably the best thing you could ever do for, my your, dad smoked for, for your body. My dad smoked three packs for about 15 years from the time he quit playing football till the Surgeon General said that it was, but what, mid-60s? Did that come out? Yes. Yeah. The moment they came out, my, he was done. I, yeah. I remember because I was like one or two years. I was just a little I was like one. when he. There was tons of pictures of me as a baby with my dad with a heater coming out of the left side of his mouth. But yeah. Once I got to be like two or three, you never saw him with well, a cigarette. And at the time... I mean, physicians were were promoting cigarettes. That's just stunning. Hey, put a bunch of smoke into your body. Listen, we're pretty when con- they banned smoking, uh, before they banned smoking on campus at noon, you would drive by uh, UIHC. Oh, yeah. And it oh, yeah. would just be... Maybe I, I should have been a doctor. It I looked like been, the fires out west. Because I, I was mean, ahead of my time. I, was, I would have thought that cigarette smoking back in the 60s could not have been good for you. What, why were doctors promoting it? I what mean, they th- would promote specific brands, probably because they were paid to do it. Okay, what were they saying were the benefits from it? Uh, uh, it relaxed you, were, you. Yeah, you were in flavor cups. Don't mind the carcinogens yeah. just ripping apart your lungs. and they're co- Well, it was good for you. I mean, it's like the uh, old I Love Lucy shows where she's pregnant and, uh, and she's smoking and drinking. Yeah, yeah, or the Andy Griffith shows where That's he's true. got a heater practically in Opie's mouth. You know, they have these tender moments, yeah. and Andy's just puffing on a heater. 
That was the difference back then. I mean, a lot of those shows, I mean, they're, they're always smoking. No, well, that's true. I couldn't sleep the other night and watch an hour's worth of Barnaby Jones. I actually watched it from start to finish. Well, if you watch movies back then, people were always smoking, too. Yo, yeah. And no. It was just what they did. Yes, that is what they did. And, yeah, we will have Vicki Nauman on. She's going to call in from Los Angeles at 10 o'clock. And we'll 10 o'clock our time. 10 o'clock, yep, yep 8 o'clock her time. And um, we'll talk about... Of course, um, you know, she, have you guys followed it at all? Um, Iowa has more than 260 former student-athletes has signed a letter yeah, and sent it to the Board of Regents saying, you need to reconsider this. You need to – and she's the one who actually wrote the letter. Okay. And I just know her because we went to junior high together and whatever. And I've been looking – and Captain, you saw too. She's got an interest. She's in the music business. I'm not exa- – what did you say she does, Captain? How you were able- She does licensing? and Licensing. She does. She owns her own company out in L.A. Yeah. And it sounds like she's a pretty big deal. So we can talk to her about that too yeah, and good. ask her who she'd fill Kinnick with. But, but no, she's – I mean – they're trying. They're try- I don't think it's going to work. One of the questions I want to ask her, too, is, and I know you guys have brought this up, they've been willing to come up with money to keep these sports afloat. Yes. And Iowa has shown no interest. I just want to know why, what has Iowa told them. I've, I, I mean, I have not been able to get a real answer from Iowa. What yeah, is we'll that? ask her. Yeah. And you so say Debbie Norman? Vicky. Vicky Norman. V-I-C-K-I-E, N-A-U-M-A. And she was an all-Big Ten swimmer at Iowa back 82 to 86. I mean, um, she was really good. She was a great swimmer at Hoover, and that would have been the public school I had gone to if I hadn't transferred to Dowling. Vicky and I were in the same class in 7th and 8th grade at Meredith Junior High, and then my freshman year I transferred over to Dowling, so we lost touch. She became a great all-state swimmer at Hoover and then was really good here at Iowa. Yeah, cool. And they hate seeing their sports cut. And it's, well, I would too. It's tough, and you saw Minnesota cut men's track, yeah. and they've been a power in track. Yeah, this was one... Where it was inevitable. I mean, the racial one, I'm still a little surprised we haven't had another Iowa anywhere, but the cutting of programs is. And, I, you know, the other thing I want to ask her is, and I, we talked about this briefly the other days, just how fragile college sports is. Mm-hmm. And is that some will say, and I, I'm curious to see what she says, some will say it's because everybody's getting paid too much money. It's like, okay, we earn $80 million, we better spend $79 million to keep in pace. Do you think that's part of this? I'm sure, sure it is. So do, you th- yeah. so do you think this could have a lasting effect where it just could reduce the salaries all across the board in college it's, athletics? It's possible. Well, it's going to for some time. For some time, yeah. I think it's inevitable. I yeah. mean, did you see what's going on in Wisconsin? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, hundreds of students uh, in uh, two dorms have uh, tested po- hundreds. And I know right away how many are sick, how many are asymptomatic, how many are going to die. Yes, that's the quick narrative. Probably none. Probably none, and that's the quick narrative. But that doesn't seem to matter with the people setting policy on whether we're going to do stuff or not. The numbers seem to be just enough. Mm-hmm. And so, and I've been saying that, and if you, re- if you recognize, just if you even recognize that, you're part of the deep yeah. state that wants to destroy everything and not play anything and hide under your bed. Yeah. 20, well, 2,200 students are uh, isolated, are required to isolate. At Wisconsin? Yes. I was accused the other day of hiding underneath my How do you hide underneath your couch? I couldn't fit underneath my couch. No. Could you? No, not at all. I could barely. I could behind my couch. I've lost 45 pounds, and I could still not fit under my bed or no, my couch. My, my, the, a couch, I mean... How would you get on the couch if you could fit under the couch? Well, that's what I'm asking. You couldn't get on it and under it. And then if you got on it, you may run into what's-his-name's teeth, right? Because they're in the couch. You might. Then, Captain, you wouldn't have to go and to... then the... you'd have to quarantine for a whole different reason. For... for... <laughs> Social quarantine. There you go. But um, it does show you, though, I mean, with all the... I mean, 
we're not even a year into this thing. And Iowa's already cut four sports and eliminated 40 jobs just in the athletic department alone. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Just from not having one NCAA tournament and one fall football season. No, I know. Well, you say how fragile college sports are, how fragile everything is, how fragile the economy is. Well, let's hope. Yeah. What do you think is more fragile, the economy or big time college sports? Because Iowa, no, Iowa's not the biggest winner out there money wise, but Iowa was doing pretty well. Oh, yeah. So what's more fragile? You think the economy overall or college sports? It took 10 days to topple the economy with a strong economy. It took 10 days. To basically topple it. So does that mean... And we it, haven't recovered from So does that mean in all these different facets of life, we're living beyond our means and we're not allowing absolutely, enough yeah. money to be there for emergencies? Absolutely. Well, the money think- is not... The money isn't trickling down. That's what, it, that's what it showed. It showed that the stock market is independent of anything going on mm-hmm. and that the, the money that shut down big business and small business, mm-hmm. it, you know... Yeah, you might have something invested, but it didn't mean jack for what's in your pocket and what you could do with it. And I read Vicky's letter, and and we, you guys should probably read it during the break. So we, um, it's it's on. You can easily find it. Um, I think the register has already put it up on Hawk Central. And she, kind of what she was pointing to was that football is basically just controlling everything now. And I think that's always sort of been the case, but I think it's way more magnified now because football and television. Yeah, Iowa football had television back in the but nothing like now. I no. mean, and no. I think some of these non-revenue sports feel as if football has way too much power and they're suffering in order to keep football afloat. And I, I, you know, but, I mean, it's, who's, but, who's, but it's the opposite. Football yeah. has kept everything else afloat that's, for decades. And, and that's, whose fault but, is that? I mean, Especially when I think some of these programs have said, hey, we're look for outside sources to keep us going, and Iowa still has not been interested in that. I, I don't, I, I don't know. It will be well. Maybe they can change their mind on that because if it can be funded independently, why wouldn't they allow that? Well, you saw when they released their statement, when Iowa released the statement announcing the cutting of sports, they addressed that in there and said, even though we've been, we're not. That's not going to happen, and we're not going to reconsider. This. Why? Yeah, I don't know. And they well, they also said they weren't going to consider outside funds to. Uh, and I don't understand that. I don't either. understand that either. And they never really. Maybe they've given Vicky an explanation. I would imagine. I would think you would hope that somebody like Vicky Nauman could get in contact with administrators at Iowa. Don't you think? Talking to the right people. Uh, I would yeah, think I would so, think. Yes. I would assume she probably already has right now. That's kind of what I want to hear what she says. Yeah. Because I found that, and we had remember Matt Purdy was on here saying, "Hey, we've got people willing to pay money to support these programs, and they're not interested." And I don't. There's got to maybe there's an insurance reason or something that's just so obvious, but they just haven't said it. I maybe don't know. because you know, people support things unless it's something that you really actively go after, like the Children's Miracle Network, or we go after table to table. Unless you do that consistently, uh, you have this big fundraiser and you get in all this money, uh, and then all of a sudden it's there. And then the interest wanes real quick. I mean, and people yeah. have already given to it. Uh-huh. But I think it's shown how vulnerable football is to TV, too. I mm-hmm. mean, without TV, football is... It's lost billions of dollars. I mean, just think about that. I mean, without football, TV... Without TV, football can barely support itself. No, it can't. It's become everything... It can't support itself it's, at the level it's, it's at. Everything has become way too dependent on TV 
to sustain the kind of lifestyle that's going on with big time college that's sports. Absolutely, the four true. and five, six million dollar contracts, the all the first class facilities and everything. Yeah, that's a lot of donations too. But TV, what does Iowa get? Fifty five million. They did last year, I believe. Yeah, they didn't get that fifteen years ago. Think about that. No, not at all. Hello, not nearly. And a lot of that money is used to pay for swimming and whatever. And it just shows you, without it, they all suffer, and it's just a domino effect. Yep. Hello. This is why the student athletes need a board and a president to represent them. I mean, they got a lot of people gathered trying to make the change, but you need a like a core to go to. But no, what do you, what do you mean uh, exactly? Well, theoretically, that's what the NCAA to, does. To, no, they need a voice to be making this decision and and telling the people what they want, what they can do, and what they can't do. I mean, they're all together, and I know they got somebody in charge, but. Well, that's it, it just this is too valuable. That just that's the purpose of the rigorous. NCAA, friend, and they're not doing their job and haven't for a long True. time. True, yeah, have a good day, guys. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I mean, the NCAA, I think the NCAA just lets the universities make all their own decisions, and I don't, my guess is the NCAA didn't even what they probably didn't pay much. They probably said, Oh, this is unfortunate, but I mean. What it's do you got, want us to do? It's been Iowa, then Minnesota. It's going to keep happening. It's going to happen. Well, Stanford was the first well, I remember they hearing. Cut, what, and, 15? Yeah. I mean, they, and, they took the... And they dominate the Governor's Cup almost every year they win that stuff. Uh-huh. So their sports were all good, too, and they cut them. We got a call? Uh, no. no. I thought I heard the phone ring. Well, you did. It did, and then... No patience. Know. They bailed. This is, uh, what do we say here? Either that or the, the guy... I bet the line got wet. I bet the line got wet. Thank God, though, this hasn't been. Could you imagine if this had been pouring rain for the past 24 hours? It's going to be tonight. Well, I know, but at least we're catching somewhat of a break. And there were times yesterday when it was not real. But I tried to go for a walk yesterday, and it was, and I, because it looked like from the puddles that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Then I'm out about two blocks, and it was like somebody had one of those spray mist Exactly. I'm like, this is ridiculous. The air was so wet. So I just, so I turned around. I'm like, I was drenched, even though it really wasn't raining. Yeah, I t- gave Wapsie a little 15-minute walk. Yeah, it was... It was and it was yeah. too cold. Today's warmer, so I, I mean, but I'm going to try to go today. I haven't, gone, I haven't been able to go for two days no? because it's been either raining really hard or just misting, a lot of mist. Yeah, well, let's see. The last month, we've had a drought, a hurricane, and now a well, monsoon season. Well, yeah, we actually needed rain. Yeah, well, badly. My backyard was dead. Now it needs mowed. Yeah. Uh, my uh, niece... Uh, in Oregon, in uh, Portland. Uh, I thought you said your knees. Niece. Your niece. Okay, niece. I didn't know your knees were in Oregon. My knees are bad. Maybe your future <laughs> knees are in Oregon right now. Uh, sky is uh, colors I've never seen before, brown and purple, and getting darker. Yeah, a buddy of mine in Northern California said it just reminds him of a dead show from the 80s, unfortunately. It's <laughs> being, being caused by fire instead of acid. That's what... No, it's crazy. If you see the all the postings on Facebook, it's sad. it is. It looks like a, a Irwin Allen movie. You know, yeah. of all the fires we have every summer, every is it amazing that there's still land left? I know. I, it's. I know. It just seems like every summer in late fall, this is a story somewhere burning out west. Yeah, it's, it ain't good. I mean, this is, and weren't there rumors that Antifa had started it or something? Uh, yeah, that, Jesus. that's just a bunch of crap. <laughs> I know. God dang. Where did those rumors start? Because it's mean, all trending on Twitter. That's the only reason I bring it up. All this QAnon crap. Oh, those freaks again. Ridiculous. One American Network and all that. Yeah. Prop- oh, they were saying it? Propaganda crap. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize, I mean, I didn't realize it. One I America thought, is saying it. I thought it was just Red social Bart media. is saying it, and the president retweeted it. 
Oh, really? See, I hadn't seen it. Yeah. I didn't realize it had gotten that big. Yeah, it's I just, ridiculous. I just saw the, didn't they announce out there in California that there's no proof that Antifa? No, there's no, you know, really, there's no Antifa. No, I, I know. Mean, it's a, it's, it's a crap. This is just, it's garbage. It's just absolute garbage. But I feel for those people out there losing their homes. I assume, don't homes terrible. like that, you have to have fire insurance. Don't you to live out there? Gosh, you'd think so. I don't know about Portland. I don't know about, you know, I mean, these fires are the worst, and it's not even the middle of fire season. Yeah, I and mean, look at what we have. I mean, here it's like one big and damp we're sponge. Going to, uh, we're going to see the effects of this in a few days. Oh, I'm sure we will. Yeah, I mean, it's... But we needed rain. I mean, my, oh, bad God. I mean, yeah. not, we're, enough. We've had enough. Let's, my lawn still looks terrible. Mine does too, but it's getting—it's amazing how much green has sprouted out just in the last twenty-four to thirty-six hours. And can't you? We, we are lucky though that it hasn't been pouring. I mean, mm-hmm. we've had a lot of time where it's just been misting and spraying, and then it's done tomorrow, Captain. You're saying? Uh, yeah. Or tonight? I'm, you're going out? Uh, no, not tonight. How are they going to play high school football tonight? Um, it's going to be wet. Yeah, they <laughs> played in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, but if there's lightning, I don't, I don't think there's storms though, are there? Yes, and there you are. Can, oh, there are. And you it can just, get enough rain on the field to where they can't play. It just says heavy rain and storms. With all the rain we've had so far, and if there's heavy rain between like four and nine, it's going to be hard to play high school football. Now I'm sure the field at North Cedar drains beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about. I don't, what, I don't know. What gives I you that? No what gives I'm, you that opinion? Nothing. So I'm kidding. I mean, some fields do. I, I mean, know, I know. like Western Wind Valley, they've got turf, and I, you know. But you imagine that North Cedar doesn't have. You're guessing Valley's got a better stadium than North Cedar. Yes. You know who North Cedar has a better stadium than Dowling. You know why? Because Dowling doesn't have its own stadium. Dowling plays its home games at Valley. Oh, they do. Yeah, they pay them. They've been paying Valley. They've been paying their biggest rival for years to play at their field, but at least they've been kicking their ass the last five, six, seven years pretty consistently. They just figure it's. Save some tons of money. Yeah, not they, having to build. A yeah, they don't have any. I don't think they'd have enough parking on their grounds. I'm trying to picture. I'm going into a trance and trying to picture when I was there. There's a football field there, but there's just not a lot of parking to to go with it. And Valley Stadium's really nice. It's really and when Dowling's there, they're treated like the home team. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be working. They won seven state titles in, <laughs> in, a, in row. a row or whatever, and beat them the other day, 22 to nothing, with their move-in quarterback. Valley had that Rubley kid playing quarterback, and they didn't score. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. So, And then it was neat watching the pro game last night. It, it was the most normal I felt because they did have fans in there, and there was noise. And it, it, was, it was like, wow, this kind of feel. The NBA games are great, too, but they don't feel normal. They're mm-hmm. different. They look different. But that NFL game felt kind of normal. And then when you see the Chiefs pull away, it felt really normal because they're really good. and. So how did, did were you able to hear the booing at the beginning? I heard it at the yeah I heard, at, and, and it, that was when they all went and unified on the field together and held locked arms. That's when they booed. I, what was the what was the point of booing that? I don't get that. I don't get it. And Ray didn't hear it in. The maybe stadium. they were booing Ray. I mean, they could have been booing. <laughs> or maybe they were just yelling Ray, Ray. Who was he there with? Was he with his wife or like his geek squad? I have no it's geek squad. <laughs> I'm not sure if they're together anymore. Is that Joe? And, I think uh, they spit bubbles and Waffle House and whatever they call it, pitchfork and whatever they call stabby. it. Scabby. I thought it was I'm not sure if they're together anymore. They mean they like ISIS, I think they've dissolved. It's like our gay comedies. What's what do you think stronger right now, Captain? Ray's Goon Squad or ISIS? Well, right now I would say the, the Goon Squad. 
Yeah, and obviously we should also, and I'm sure you guys have yeah, we've had thoughts and prayers. This is 19 years since mm-hmm. the day I woke up on my couch it's in Coralville, and it's hard to believe. it's. It was a Tuesday, too, and I remember we were supposed to have a Kirk Ferentz press conference that day, and obviously it was postponed but yeah i'll never i'll never forget right where i was i can picture i called my sister who was in des Moines. And i'm like are you watching this well i was listening to kcjj going to panera to get uh, yeah. a big bag of bagels for everybody and then heard uh, cnn talking about a, a plane brooke, flying in brooke bickford our uh, news director um called uh i and anthony were on the air and said go to cnn right now and we went as a, a as after like seconds after the first plane hit, and that was that was it. And everybody went home. I stayed out here um, throughout the day. I don't know why, but I did. Uh, and I remember going outside and seeing Air Force One flying above. It was so because everything else was just dead silent. Mm-hmm. There was, I mean, you don't realize how much noise is out there until there is no noise. Mm-hmm. And it just was so eerie. We well, stayed with it uh, for like uh, three or four days. We noticed that... Um, no, it was two when, days after we joined CNN. We, we noticed that right after, you know, when we were on lockdown for the two weeks. Yeah. You could, I mean, it was silent. You oh, could yeah. hear the birds and it was uh, amazing. You know, I don't remember even hearing birds out here that day. I really don't. I probably did, but I, I, I don't. I saw Anthony change that day. Well, we didn't have the the sized trees that we do yeah. now. I mean, the yeah. trees were real small. Yeah, but he went back to his old ways, didn't he? No, you know, he no, he was he, he really. That was, time he called me a puss was after nine eleven. Well, yeah, but he that because he really felt you were a puss. Uh-huh. But no, I don't know. He, I don't he, think he changed. He did. He did change, but he did. I mean, not on the air so much, but you could tell. Okay, so off the air he changed. He really, on the air, he, he, he really was. did. It was like a he like had you know, and, and some people suffered from this. It sounds odd to be watching it on TV and suffering from it, but post traumatic stress. Uh, and his doctor even told me. Uh, one of the visits that I had to make with him, that part of his depression, he had a depression, was post-traumatic stress. And, and I, I just saw it happen that morning. I just really did. Hmm. Um, this was a really... I didn't notice you know, any change at all. That, well... Doesn't mean there wasn't. No, there was. There really I was. I didn't know him, so... Yeah. I mean, there were... The two worst days, three worst days I ever had on the air. That was one of them. Sandy Hook was one of them. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. And uh, the Supo killing. And those were the three absolute worst days because it, it you know it unfolded while you're on the air. Boy, this is just a great... right, yeah, just terrible. <laughs> Let's just tell a big, long, depressing story. Let's take the next 15 minutes looking back at those three things. It was just terrible. What were the three best days you had on the air? Uh, but in a shorter version. We don't need a real long story. Uh, the day I got off the air uh, sometime, and then another day I got off the air sometime. <laughs> 
and uh, today when I get off the okay, air. Okay, there we go. That, those are the good stories. <laughs> like our, like Carol O'Connor's character, character said in In the Heat, the best baby stories are the ones that are told, that are short and told infrequently. <laughs> Is Hunter okay back there? He's gagging pretty he's, hard. Uh, yeah, he's, he's Hunter being Hunter. Hunter's going to Hunter. All right. Um, but no, this is a special day. Imagine next year for the 20 year, it'll be interesting. But it's always, I've always found it weird how we react so differently between the number 19 and the number, tw- how the rounded out numbers carry so much. Meaning. Yeah, it'll yeah. be a big. I mean, just like it was, it was 10 years, it'll be a big right. deal next year. It'll be a, it'll be a big deal. And, and I'm just glad that we haven't had anything like it since. Yeah. Yeah, before or since. Yeah. I mean, other than Pearl Harbor. Yeah, I mean, we've been lucky in that regard, and maybe we deserve some credit for having taken measures to stop this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not it, the same. Absolutely. As somebody who's flown a lot over the years, it changed after. Well, and rightfully sure, so. And not for the better. No, it just made flying just a pain in the you know what. But I. And I, it still is. Of course, I haven't flown since March. I but. haven't flown since the December, the Holiday Bowl. But. Everything they do, you understand why they're doing it. Oh, I mean, I, and I don't have a problem. No, with I don't. I mean, I hate taking my shoes off, you know, but you have to because that idiot who went on with what was his name, Richard Reed, <laughs> freaking moron, goes on the plane with a bomb in his shoe because some ideology is telling him to blow up the plane. Get well, we a- got TSA pre's, so we don't have to take our shoes off. Well, aren't you special? Uh-huh. When we were in Germany, the people, the guards in Germany have like big, you know. AR-47s. Yeah. Scares the hell out of you as you go through the go through the screen. Yeah, but it also in a way should make you kind of feel secure, too, in some ways. Yeah. I mean, but, but yeah, no, it's just hard to believe it's been 19 years. And then if we're going to bring it back to Iowa, remember the game with Iowa State got postponed, moved back to the end of the season, and Seneca Wallace still beat them. Yeah. You know, that was I, that's what I remember about that game. The 2001 game, yeah, the 2002 game was big, too, but he pissed me off more in the 2001 game. Because well, he he's the reason, he's the reason Iowa State won those games. Would you, you I, I, I know, definitely. I know it's a team sport. Don't get me wrong, but he, you take him out of that game, those games, I don't think are even close. Hello. Hey, remember the guy that put the bomb in his underwear? No. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Was he from Somalia? <laughs> yeah. It was like a chemical bomb, and yeah. it started going off in his pants or something. <laughs> right off his, his <laughs> Johnson. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, there's another one. Feet. <laughs> Genitals? I mean, no, I don't remember that. I mean, yeah, I think he was from Somalia. I think he was. No, yeah. I do remember that. I'm surprised they haven't tried the the terrorist colonostomy <laughs> plan, or maybe they have. Who knows? But no, so you take Seneca Wallace out of those two games, and mm-hmm. Iowa State does not win. No, nope. I mean, I my Iowa friend, they loved him, they respected him, but they hate him in those two games. I mean, I'm sure you hated him, didn't you, Tom? I mean, he oh. Did. Absolutely. They'd, it would look like Iowa would have somebody right there to tackle him, and he'd spin out, and then he'd either run, or then he had a really strong arm, too. Well, we have to be careful. Iowa needs to be careful leading 24 to 7 and yes. a half. And, hey, I did a simulation. I went into a trance last night. I um, listened to some Floyd, then slipped into a trance and had the vision, <laughs> pretended that Iowa and Iowa State were playing this year because it would be this Saturday. And I had Iowa winning 27-25 to 25 on a Keith Duncan 39-yard field goal in the closing seconds. Okay. I have Tyler Goodson being a force. I have him with over 100 yards. I think he would have been really big in this game. And it's amazing when you go looking back and forth at the comparisons of these teams. I mean, Iowa's got maybe its best receiver core in quite some time. All four Iowa State starters return in the secondary, including Greg Eisworth, who's two-time All-Big 12. Iowa's got four starters returning on the offensive line. Iowa State's got three starters returning 
on its defensive line. Iowa's got a lot of experience at linebacker with Colbert mm-hmm. and Nick Neiman and Jack Campbell. Iowa State's got three starters returning at linebacker. I mean, it's Iowa's, been a great matchup. This Iowa year. State. Iowa's got a great sophomore running back in Tyler Goodson. Iowa State's got Brees Hall. Iowa's got Sam Laporta, who I think is a rising star at tight end. Iowa State's got one of the best tight ends in the country in Charlie Kolar, and then Bo Allen behind him. It would have been, I think, on paper. And part of the reason I picked Iowa is because I picked Iowa State to win in each of the last three years and been wrong. So I'm sick of picking. And now two of those games were in Ames. That's part of the reason I picked mm-hmm. Iowa State to win. But no, this year I'm picking Iowa. I would have picked Iowa to win at home 27-25. Clone fans are claiming that since Iowa's not playing, that it, they win by forfeit. They're, you let them claim whatever. And then <laughs> what the and I heard Nebraska is claiming that had they played this Saturday, it would have been a sellout, so the streak's going on. Ah, I've, heard sure. that's, I've heard that's going on, too. Sure. So what do you think of that? Oh, and the other thing I did, you, know, you guys will find this interesting, and I got some great responses. I tweeted out the other couple of days ago. Um, I, didn't sl- I didn't need to go into a trance for this. Um, where did it go? Okay, okay, just a second, just a second. Answer. Is that a call? Yeah, hello. Well, if nobody plays the clones, they'll have a great season. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Undefeated. I can't remember who it was. Somebody, who was I talking to the other? Well, that's, was asked an interesting question today. Name a rock musician who has achieved stardom that you feel is underappreciated for his or her greatness and impact. And I went with Lindsey Buckingham. That's who, and when I say stardom, I'm not, because right away somebody answered Prince. No, uh, Prince was not underrated. No, not at all. Prince, I mean, and that's no disrespect to the person who nominated Prince. I mean, I'll give you some of these answers. Um, Jerry Cantrell, Frank Black. Beck, I've never heard of Jerry Rivers Cantrell. Rivers Cuomo. Here's one. Thomas Jacob Black, Stevie Nicks. Rob Howe had Kim Deal. Remember Stevie her from Nicks the Pixies? Is an no. Rob also had Joni Jett and Bonnie Raitt. Those are pretty good answers. Bonnie Raitt is the first thing that comes to my mind. Here's one. Joan Jett. Um, definitely Bonnie Raitt. Man, getting a lot of Bonnie Raitt. Um, someone said, what about Smart Hawk? You're not underrated, though. You're in the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's right. I mean... Oh, John Miller, and I told him this would get a funny response. When you, John Miller says, Colin Hay, I think he is one of the greatest singer-songwriters of this age, and I loved him at work and still do, but I think his much-off-the-radar solo career is simply brilliant. Waiting for my real life to begin was a personal anthem for me for a good period of my life. I responded, that's funny you say that. Captain and Suter don't like him at all because he was really rude and dismissive to them <laughs> during a promotional radio view a while back. We often joke about it on the radio. I'm sure we will tomorrow. So, joke. Say something right now. He's, He's a, a dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a Lou Reed. Here's a Tony Lomi, L-O-M-M-I. See, I don't know that Never Lou heard. Reed and Bonnie. I wouldn't say no. Lou Reed and Bonnie Raid are underrated. That's the key word here is underrated. Now, yeah. would you say Lindsey Buckingham's underrated or am I wrong? Uh, yeah, underrated He's or underrated overshadowed. as a guitar player, yeah. I yes. think, for sure. Yeah. And as a songwriter. And as a songwriter. How about, here's, another, here's Brian May. Here's um, someone said Tom Petty. Tom Petty's not underrated. Oh, no, not at all. And Brian May is an underrated. He's not either. underrated. Here's one, Jack White and Ringo Starr. Jack White might be. Well, Ringo Starr yeah, isn't I mean, overrated or underrated. He just was overshadowed Jack, by. Okay, those, Jack White might not be one. underrated either. Mark Bowen, Phil Linnett, Most Deaf, John Prine, and Trent Reznor. Well, I don't know who Trent Reznor is. Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, <laughs> a bunch of crap. Hello, Captain. Be good, be good, Johnny. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's one. Brendan Stiles, um, son, of the, son of the late great Brad Stiles, has yes. George Harrison. Is George Harrison underrated? No, I don't like, believe so. Is he like Ringo Starr, overshadowed no, by no. the other? 
I don't think so. Uh, he was overshadowed early on, maybe, in the Beatles, because he didn't get a lot of his songs onto okay. their records. But as time has yeah, gone on, I yeah. don't think so. Okay, here's a Gordon Lightfoot, and I know you guys both love Gordon. Oh, God. Well, he's... No, I don't think he's... Here's he's another Gordon Lightfoot, and here's back-to-back Tom Petty's. Tom Petty wasn't uh, ever over. Here's Jack Wright. No. Everyone from Def Leppard. Another Ringo Starr, Jackson Brown, Steve Miller underrated? No. Robin Trower. I don't know who that is. Robin uh, Trower. Gu- guitar player. Uh, yeah, an excellent guitar player. I don't know that he's underrated. He's just more under the radar, I think. Yeah. Than well, Steve Lukather. Yeah. He's from Toto, right? Or no, who's Steve, Steve Lukather? Mm. Oh, gosh, and I saw him on here, a documentary the other a, night, too. Guitarist and Toto, yeah, I was right, yeah. Toto. Okay, here's John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. To me, that's more like a smaller version of Ringo Starr and George Harrison. Is, uh, do you feel Joe? Maybe John Paul Jones is. He's the one guy that from the Led Zeppelin people probably... He might be underrated as a player. But you don't think so as a member of Led Zeppelin? I mean, as a member of Led Zeppelin, no, because they, they were an equal group okay. of people, I think. Okay, how about Ronnie James Dio? Yes. Stevie Ray Vaughan? You, yeah, I think he's underrated. Ronnie James Dio? Yeah. How about Stevie Ray Vaughan? Maybe. He's like, Ronnie James Dio is kind of cultish, and that's why I say that. Yeah, I did, he never was on my radar, so Me I can't either. really so say. I can't really say. How about Stevie Ray Vaughan? I don't know if he's underrated. No, no. not at all. How about Mark Knopfler? No. Maybe him, but not Dire Straits. I don't think he's underrated. This one, no. I, this next one, I disagree with. I appreciate Linda Ronstadt's not underrated, is no. she? No, She's no, a no. legend. Roy Gallagher. Uh, the next three are interesting. Okay. Dave Grohl, Warren Zevon, Chrissy Hines, and Alan Parsons. Actually, four. Oh wow. Um, Go with Dave Grohl. Not yeah. underrated because he's been on not one but two hugely popular bands. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. Okay, how about Warren Zevon? Depressing. Uh, you, could, all hell. you could make the case yeah. for him being yeah. underrated. And yeah. sadly dead. How about, here's one that I've missed Chrissy out. Chrissy Hind. Um, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think she's think underrated. She's but I also love really. the Pretenders, too. Uh, so me, too. I love the Pretenders. And I and I loved her. She's a, a And I liked great. Alan Parsons. I liked some of Alan Parsons. And he also produced Dark Side of the Moon. I mean... What do you think of Alan Parsons? I think he's gotten his due more as a producer, producer. than he has as an artist. Yeah. And here's one I've never heard of, Billy Gibbons. He played ZZ Top, oh, guitar okay. player. Yeah. Weird Al. I, I giggled when I heard that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Hello. Weird, weird Al. How about Randy Newman? I love L.A. I mean, You guys um, probably answer that better than me. I mean, show tunes. Yeah. And the theme to Monk. Yeah, the theme's a monk. I mean, he's written show tunes. I think maybe he's gotten yeah. as much due as he and should see, get. Okay. And, and I think he's well, yeah, I okay, mean, there's a, yeah. he's well-respected. He's not really a rock. No, he's well-respected for what he does, so I got, think. Here's a guy, yeah. Jeff Griggs, is saying this answer is easy because he starts his thing with easy, Harry Nilsson. Uh, he says the answer is easy, so we're not even. I think Harry Nilsson really was overrated. I would agree with you. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So you're saying it's not an easy answer then? <laughs> no. I mean, put the lime in the coconut. I, I mean, disagree. His, with I rest my case. Yeah. I disagree with these next two. Hart and John Cougar Mellencamp. They got all the attention. Uh, Hart's deserve. not his lyric. Uh, Nilsson's lyric: "You're breaking my heart." You're tearing it apart, so F you only. That's John, one of the songs. John Cougar Mellencamp's not underrated. No, no not, not at, at all. all. I mean, and neither is Hart. Yeah. And here's one. Um, I don't believe. Uh-uh. Another Tom Petty. Here's Prince is a solid choice. Prince no. is like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Hello. 
I'll tell you a fella I like with that wavy gravy. Oh, I love wavy gravy. I don't think he's underrated, though. If Okay, I'll t- here's an unpopular opinion. I think Prince is overrated. Okay. He's, Personally. I mean, I would say if you're going to argue about Prince, you could argue that he's overrated more than underrated. Uh, definitely. I like Prince more than you do, but I'm not a huge Prince fan. I mean, he was a monster guitar player and everything. Tyler Devine would fight you on that good one. Good songwriter, but he's... I, uh. Here's from Maynard James Keenan. Never heard of him. Never. Uh-uh. So maybe he is underrated. Here's one. <laughs> Carlos Santana know. featuring Rob, Ta- Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. Carlos Santana is not underrated. No, no. He's a legend. And they did a single together. Okay, Peter Frampton? Yes. See, I'll, I didn't go, like I'll go Frampton. with overrated. Okay, how about why Jeff? Do you, why? I didn't like him. Here's one I agree with. You, <laughs> here's one I agree with, and you guys will probably... I think Jeff Lynn from ELO is underrated. I would agree. Yeah, but... I'm not a huge ELO fan, but I think he was... Frampton played a lot with the... I mean, the Beatles respected him, and he played a lot. Um... He played a lot, and Bobby V. And Bobby V might be way underrated because he was a teen idol in the early 60s. But Bobby V uh, is on a lot of the Beatles stuff, uh, doing keyboards and, and guitar. Um, he's an underrated musician. How about Getty Lee? We're going to answer that? Yeah. I don't... Uh, if you make me. No, oh. I think Getty's pretty well respected. Hello. Represented. Clearly, Suter does not feel like we do about Frampton. I do not. I was never a Peter Frampton fan. Uh-uh. No. No, no but he's an excellent musician. He, he really Chris, is a good Chris musician. Cornell. Chris Cornell. He was, didn't he uh, see, just, did he just recently commit suicide? Was I think he did. He was with one of those grunge bands from out in Seattle, I think. Soundgarden, maybe? Yeah, something. I, hopefully, I, I, mean, I guess we should double-check that before I just start saying but I thought well, you might be right. I, I don't know. And here's one I strongly disagree with. I appreciate the response. Bob Seger's not underrated. No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, he died in uh, 2017. Just yeah, that's what I thought. He was with Soundgarden and Audio Slave, Temple <laughs> of the Dog, yeah. Alice Mudgarden. I and there a band called Mud Honey too. Yeah, I think there is. Yeah. Hello. But, yeah. Hey, what about Richard Page of the Leeds former Leeds singer, Mister Mister? What about him? Yeah. <laughs> well, he actually was offered. He was offered to go to to, uh, to be the lead singer for Toto and Chicago, and then he also was with uh, Ringo Starr's All Star Band. Well, my advice: he should have went and been the lead yeah. singer for um, the other two bands because I'd never, well, I'd never and, heard of him. Mickey Thomas was offered Chicago gig too and turned it down. So, have you heard of who he's oh, talking about, they? Tom? Yeah. No, heard, I had not heard of him. But you know, I mean, no, no that doesn't mean no. That doesn't, no, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. We appreciate this. So, feedback. if we haven't heard of the the person, then maybe then he is. Perhaps he is underrated. With what he this he just reeled off his accomplishments. Yeah. Maybe you're yeah. right. Okay, that's a good one. Except you could be making up names. <laughs> it's possible. He had too much specific information. Yeah. It's amazing well, how I know, much but I, feedback you can get on I, Twitter when you put tweets like that. That's what's good about Twitter. It's good. It's good, healthy discussion at times. And um, I thought there were a lot of good answers. Yeah. There's still more. Those are good answers. I, I, mo, I think Bonnie Raitt wins. If I, had, I think she's gotten the most answers and for you to say what you did and rob when rob i was talking to rob he's like man he goes i would go bonnie ray he goes, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree I, uh, okay well in my circles from kfmh and i i, I don't think she's underrated see that would be the argument with yeah. bonnie Raitt. yeah but i, mean, I don't listen I, I can't tell you i've never bought any of her stuff i've listened to a few of her songs and i've liked them i, I, I bought her first album and have loved her okay here's one and i'm not is Gigi allen underrated 
<laughs> no. There were two responses to G.G. Allen, but I think those were, I'm not sure I'm serious. There. Those were tongue-in-cheek. So you think G.G. Allen If you talk to the people, you know, at the factory that makes liquid plum, I guess. <laughs> do, you think, do you think he's overrated? I think he's gotten Here? as much accolades as he should have gotten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hey, it's Nazi meth guy. How are you? Hey, <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> well, one thing I would say, I mean, overall, I think Prince is overrated, but as a guitarist and a songwriter, probably underrated just because of everything that he that's did. That's kind of what Tom just, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of what Tom said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying and, you don't like a lot of his music is per se, but you love his ability to play the guitar and some of the stuff that you, is that kind of it? Well, that, and I, I don't know if people know how good of a guitarist he was. I think they learned that, it after he died. Yeah. Those videos yeah. were all over YouTube and social media. But he kind of lost me after the uh, the late '80s. You know, the some of that stuff was getting you know the yeah. pussy control and and he's a goofball. I can't say that. <laughs> but uh, now Jerry Cantrell is uh, lead guitarist for Alice in Chains. Okay. And I I, I don't know if you uh, listen to Alice in Chains. I have no. I have not. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. I don't listen to that but genre very much. How are they? Are they similar to Nine Inch Nails? Uh, no. Alice in Chains is probably, uh, it's more Pearl Jam, but okay. more. They're a little more accessible, more, I would say. Yeah. But. Uh, what about Jane's Addiction? No. <laughs> you know, oh, I, 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 I like Jane's uh, Addiction. Isn't that Perry Farrell, yeah. the guy who did Lollapalooza? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Is he underrated, Perry no. Farrell? Yes. Okay. I now, really can I like throw a lick lighter on this list? <laughs> For underrated? Or, yeah, I mean, I've heard him play a kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> it was just this low d- drone. Slow. <laughs> Slow. <laughs> Jesus. Statue of limitations, fellas. <laughs> All right, well, you Thanks. guys have a good day. All right. Okay, here's one, and I know you guys will laugh. How about Tommy Boland? Uh, uh, at the time, yes. But you don't think he accomplished enough to really be overrated mm, since he only put no. out two bands and died at some, such a Yeah, time. I wouldn't. Okay, yeah. Right, that's fair enough. No. Hello. How about the guy in the purple shirt down at the bed mall who plays guitar and gets mad at you if you don't give him money? <laughs> <laughs> that's not David Crosby. I'd say Crosby. he has not, not gotten his due. <laughs> that's not David Crosby, is it? <laughs> it might as well be. He's mean. <laughs> He says he doesn't even have one million. <laughs> Hello. How about William Cowsill? No, they're not overrated. Anyone with the last underrated. name of Cowsill, no. <laughs> no. No. We don't no, like no. I, we don't like the Cowsills, Colin Hay, Patton Oswald, and who, the Minnesota baseball coach? <laughs> I didn't really mind Patton Oswald. He was honest with me. He just wanted nothing to do with you. Yeah, he just didn't want to do the interview. Funny, the guy, okay. Spence Olkin, the guy who's the punching bag on that show in real life is really kind of an arrogant, dismissive star. You know? I don't know if, you know, he didn't want to do it that day. He's in Los Angeles. He's tired. But, no, it's a contradiction. I didn't to, have a problem but, with him not wanting to do it. But what I'm it. saying, though, is his character on yeah. what would love anybody paying attention to him. Yeah. Spence Tolkien was so pathetic. That shows you what a good actor, yeah. Patton. That's one of my favorite I mean, supporting Colin cast characters. Hay was just a major dick. Yes, he was. That's what he was. So he stayed on the phone with you yeah. guys. and To be a jerk. So what was an ex- give me an example of what he did. 
What, did he I, yell? I did he was no. he standoffish, snarky? He was standoffish, and and it just you'd ask him something. You know, you ask him about men and work, kind and, of short answers. Yeah. And would I have helped had I been there with you guys? No. <laughs> That was a rhetorical question. <laughs> I think Suda was like, God, did you just ask that? What I, I, mean? I, I liked men at work, so See, I, I, I was very disappointed. But he didn't really want to talk about it. So no. I have made it worse? Yeah. He wanted to talk about his solo career yeah, and, that uh, nobody cares about. And see, what I could have done is... Well, he, I... No, we didn't even get to really... But guys, what I could have done when he, once it was clear that he was being mean, I could have started ripping men at work, and then we could have battled. He, Wouldn't that have been good? <laughs> He would have just dropped an F bomb. Can you name anyone else in Minute Work? <laughs> no. No. I can, I can only name two no. songs. What, Vegemite Sandwich? And, and I really remember him like, because his, down eyes, under. his <laughs> eyes don't sink. Is Vegemite Sandwich down under? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, who can we be now? Who, who can, can it, be? it be now? Yeah, I hated that song. Uh, then they had a, a pretty uh, Ghosts Appear and Fade Away. What song yeah. was that? Um well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, overkill, overkill. Or, so, yeah. Captain, with what you when you looked up um, Vicky's line of work, does she have a lot to do with like rock music and stuff? Can you tell? I couldn't tell from. I don't know about that. I think uh, it'll be interesting yeah. to see what we'll she says. Yeah, what she says about uh, uh, the royalties that we pay and. So you're gonna do a little bitching and whining to her? No, I'm not. Gonna I might rip your guest. I'll rip your guest. <laughs> My classmate hey. from seventh and eighth grade. I've had it. Do you realize the last time I saw her, the Rockford Files still had two years left on TV? Hello. I heard you mention T.G. Allen. He shows up as number two on a lot of lists. <laughs> oh, give him that. You're going to give him that one? All right. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, hey, my Grace Slick and Amy Mann. Grace Slick's interesting. I don't know who's Amy Mann. Amy Mann till Tuesday. Oh, okay. I, I would okay. say yeah. Amy, Amy is Mann. definitely the, underrated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good answer. Not Grace Slick. No, I don't think Grace Slick is. But She's Amy good. Mann, I would Yeah, say. I think that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. How about Joni Mitchell? Uh, no, she's... Uh, she's appreciated. Well, yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How about that uh, bitch, Judy Collins? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you could maybe ask Vicky about her. Isn't that what licensing and copyright and all that stuff? <laughs> Hello. Morning, guys. Hey. I'm to throw in Miles Kennedy. Well, if you tell us who he is. Uh, what, who, Hunter? April Wine. Just between no. you and. No. No, overrated. I was not an April Wine fan. Inflated. <laughs> but hey, it's his opinion, and we appreciate you calling in. We do. And now we, we're knocking you. And we disagree vehemently. And we take kind of petty cheap shots after they hang out, <laughs> which says a, no, a lot about us and nothing about our callers. Hello. Hi, I got two names, and I hope Suderman knows one of them. Okay. It's Tom Moreno, guitar player. I've heard the name, but I can't. Elaborated on. I can't think of the band that he was originally in, but he's supposedly a really good guitar player. And then the other name I thought of was Neil Peart, drummer. Uh, Neil Peart. Yeah, don't think he's, I don't know. He's I'm recognized as the second greatest drummer ever. Yeah. yeah. No, and some people think underrated. he's better than John. Behind Bonham. Bonzo. Yeah, yeah. But I think John Bonham maybe gets the edge over him. Number one, I think he was a little better. But I also like Zeppelin more than. Yeah, but he's not underrated. No, Neil uh -uh. Peart is not. I, I don't think John so. Bonham, Neil Peart, and Keith Moon are all lumped together. From and I don't age. know about the other guy he said. So here's one. I mean, how really? about here's two, not rock and roll necessarily, but how about Glenn Campbell and Roy Clark? 
as yes. guitar players. Uh, as guitar player, well, as I don't, gu- guitar. Well, I don't know. Glenn Campbell was on a lot, a lot. So of he's sessions. appreciated. So was, so I think so. Okay, okay, and so was Roy Clark. Okay, Roy Clark was great. I saw some video of him on YouTube a while back. I had no idea that guy from Hee Haw standing in the cornfield could play like that. No, he, he was, was great. incredible. He, the case could be made for yeah. Roy Clark as a guitar player, but as a performer, I think he had got his due. Okay. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. He was picking and grinning. <laughs> I'm picking. <laughs> Buck Owens, uh, you know, seriously is maybe a little underrated. And he's an excellent musician. I mean, as far as guitarist, as, as far as uh, music producer. Hello? I'm going to tell Judy Collins what you said about her, Steve. <laughs> you go ahead. That uh, funny voice is uh, way overrated. Is that a man or a woman? It's a man. Okay. Amy Mann? Yeah, that's who that was. <laughs> yeah, that high-pitched voice doesn't call in. Remember the last time he or she or it called in, you were really mean to yeah, it. Yeah, Remember that, Suter? He unloaded on the yeah, person. You're not putting up with that, are you? No, I'm not putting up with nothing. I ain't putting nothing. up with your attitude either. <laughs> Doesn't this weather just look like late October Halloween weather? This is so depressing. All right, how about, um, how about Dave Mason? Dave Mason, uh, underrated. I, I could go with that. No, yeah. I like him a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah, do no. Too. Um, how about Jim Morrison? No. No. Overrated. <laughs> and I, serious, over. Well, if you were going to make an argument about Jim Morrison, it would be overrated more than underrated. I, I would since think he's so. a rock and roll yeah. icon. If, if an, anybody's uh, underrated in that band, it'd be Ray Men's era. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, I thought Robbie Krieger was a. Robbie Krieger oh, yeah. wrote Light My Fire. Man, he's a hell of a guitar yes, player. Yes, he is. You could argue that everyone in the band but Jim Morrison was underrated because yeah. he stole the spotlight in some mm-hmm. ways. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. But I still say without Jim Morrison, the doors are nothing. Probably true. Yeah. Whereas they could have found another drummer. They could have found another guitar. I'm not sure if they could have found a Ray Manzarek keyboarder at the, with his style. But no, they could have. No, but his, you know, everybody talks about Morrison's poetry. and all ah, that It's crap, overrated. The, song, the, the American yeah. Prayer, please. Come on. Yeah. You know, I want to hear him sing Alabama whiskey song. I don't want him to cite poetry. <laughs> you know? Stinking. I... Do we have a call? Should we get a little? No. Should we take a no. little break before? Yeah, we, let's do. I just don't want to leave. Her, I don't want to leave her hanging on the line. No. Okay. 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 Sixteen thirty KCJJ is powered by UI Quick Care at the Iowa City Marketplace. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry, as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319 390 3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit DiamondDentalPC.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. 1-800-800-ROSE 1-800-800-ROSE Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country 
1-800-800-ROSE. It's so easy, just remember one number, 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE. Remember, protecting families and fighting for the future our kids deserve. I'm Sheriff Lonnie Polkrabic. After 35 years in law enforcement, I know a good education for our kids is the cornerstone of our communities. In the Iowa House, I'll fight for public schools and every one of our families. I'll stand up to the insurance companies that increase premiums and deny for pre-existing conditions. So all Iowans get the health care they need. I'm Lonnie Polkrabic, and I'm running for the Iowa House because I'll put your family first. Paid for by Lonnie Polkrabic for Iowa House. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Hey everybody, it's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert, and I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blairs Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at BigDogSatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite TV experts. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs, brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at suples.net or call 337-2246. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City. Whether it's a crazy real estate market, record low interest rates, or the COVID-19 virus, we are living in unprecedented times. But know that my remarkable team at Hawkeye is literally working around the clock and in unique and adaptable ways to try to make every deal close smoothly and on time. We appreciate your understanding, patience, and flexibility as we power through this tough time. We're going to get through this together. Hi, this is Bill Eichstring of the Oxyoke Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyoke family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style, breakfast Saturday, 
Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxiocomb with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxiocin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxioc family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon, and we'll be glad you're here at the Oxioc Inn in the heart of Amana. For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertin and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of us is always there. From the Hurtine and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurtine and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making moments. Here's your forecast, and we have some heavy rain on the way here over the next couple of days. We're talking maybe one to two inches from uh, today through tonight into tomorrow. Looks like the heaviest rain will likely fall overnight tonight. Today, cloudy, scattered thunderstorms, 65 east wind at about 5 to 15. Tonight, cloudy, showers and thunderstorms with heavy rain, 61. Tomorrow, a few lingering storms, then clearing 76. Sunday, sunshine, 77. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Currently, it's 56. Weather brought to you by Iowa City Burger Hall on the Ped Mall. This is the hawkfanatic.com segment of this wonderful morning it show. is and we are back okay another uh let's see underrated um underrated artist i'll go i got an overrated one for you that you'll disagree with me is janet jackson You know, it depends on what you look f- at her as. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a hell of a performer. I mean, she's a hell of a performer. Um, the music, mm, there's some of it I like and some of it yeah. just doesn't do anything. But in, in, in concert, she puts on a hell... They all do. Yeah. I mean, they just she just puts on a hell of a show. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hey, what about uh, Peter Garrett from Midnight Oil about being underappreciated? I have never heard of him, uh, so you may be onto something. Yeah, I've heard of Midnight Oil. I just is he the bald lead singer? Was that Beds Are Burning? Yeah, a good song. Yeah, but yeah. that was it. Uh, yeah, yeah. How about Ian Anderson? Uh, over, overrated. Overrated, really. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. How about Jerry Garcia? Uh, no, he was. He was appreciated. I think he got his due. Yeah, he okay. got his due. I think yeah, so. rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can. No, these are these are fun discussions. We saw a uh, a Led Zeppelin uh, thing last night. Uh, a documentary. Um, it, was, it was interesting, uh, but it was one of those documentaries where they obviously didn't have the music rights. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, I hate that. And they, and they interview you know the assistant uh, sound engineer <laughs> the, on one of their albums. The neighbor you know. to the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hello. Hey, this is Vicky Noman. Hey, Vicky. Hi, Vicky. How you doing? This is Pat Hardy. Um, long time, no talk. 
Exactly. <laughs> it's been, exactly. I was telling these guys, it's been 1978 was the last time <laughs> I talked to you. The, I, we went to, Vicky and I went to Meredith Junior High together in um, 19, from 1976 to 78. Then I went to Dowling and she went to Hoover and became a great swimmer. I, I wasn't aware, Vicky, of just how accomplished you were. And then at Iowa, you became even a better swimmer. And now here we are talking about, unfortunately, the elimination of your sport and three other sports. And that's kind of what I wanted to reach out. And we'll start with that and just give us your feelings. First of all, how did you come to be the person that wrote this letter? Were you, did you do this on your own, then it became part of the movement? Or did the movement start and you decided, said, hey, I'll write a letter? How did that come to be? Well, you know, I got a, um, I got this, I got a letter from the athletic department that was, you know, dear letter winner. Uh, you know, we regret to inform you that we are terminating the following programs. And they attached an FAQ that had it, uh, that I read. And there were a couple of things in it that really piqued my interest. And one one thing was that someone asked, that they said, if, if we raise private capital, can we keep these programs alive? And they said, no, the decision is final. And so I thought, wait a minute. How can that? How can this be? How could they terminate programs and not even give alumni or current student athletes the chance to to raise money and keep the programs alive in some way, shape, or form? Mm-hmm. So that that to me smelled bad. And then um, and then there was a there was a flurry of, of postings on social media from former athletes that. People, you know, were obviously very upset, and people started posting more more articles, and and then um, and then I just I, I just leaned into it because I felt like this program was so incredibly meaningful to me, and um, and there's a legacy and a history. It's not like they just you know set up a lacrosse team five years ago mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a club and decided to cancel it because it wasn't working. You know, this has you know, it's one of the one of the strokes is invented in the fieldhouse pool. And, um, and so I just, I just, you know, contacted some of the people that were involved and they said, okay, you know, come on in. We're trying to figure out what to do. And I said, well, what about the alumni? Why don't I work on alumni? And I'm going to reach out to as many people as I can possibly do. And I'm going to send a letter. I was originally going to send a letter to the president of the university and then, after I learned a little bit more about some of the conversations that had been taking place, I felt like it was—I felt like it needed to go to the board of regents. So, mm-hmm. um, so I spent a lot of time researching researching policies and manuals and procedures, and and came up with a case that I felt that the the university did not do the right thing by by the students or by their own policies, and um, and we're hoping to get on the September twenty third agenda at the board of regents. So have you, have they given you any kind of response other than, than getting, trying to get you on the agenda? Yeah. Any reason why they won't take donations? You know, no, no, we we can't get any answers. And we've had internal conversations within, with the leadership of the university. I have not been personally involved in those. Um, but we, we haven't really been able to get a clear answer of why, why in the world would you cancel these programs permanently when it's, mm-hmm. when it's a temp, when it's theoretically a temporary problem with COVID? Mm-hmm. Um, and why 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 can we not have a little bit of runway and time to reimagine what 
what these Olympic sports could, how they could be sustained at the intercollegiate level. Um, we haven't gotten any answers to it. Because there's, it's not an enormous amount of money that we're talking about here. I would think it would be easy to raise, what is it, $5 million for all four sports? Combined. Yeah, roughly. roughly. I mean, as far as fundraising goes, that's really not that much. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that is our position as well. And if we, you know, if we wanted to create an endowment or yeah, some exactly. sort of, you know, recurring revenue, you know, that's probably in the, you know, $75 million range for, to be able to sustain with interest and earnings, you know, to sustain these programs long-term, but short-term. Yeah. We feel, we feel like it's, it's very achievable mm-hmm. to, to, to raise the money. And we also think there are, you know, everything, you know, it's like, as I've as I've gotten older from when we were in junior high school together, um, I, I've realized that there's you know most everything in life is gray, right? Yeah. You know there are so many options, and the you know and this is just a binary unilateral decision to eliminate these storied programs when we feel like there's there's a really wide range. We we feel like we could. We could align with the U.S. Olympic Committee. We could align with USA Swimming or USA Tennis or USA Gymnastics. Um, we could become a club that's, that would enable students who want to go to the University of Iowa who have ambitions in sports to be able to have essentially the same the same kind of structure, but underneath it's it's not part of the athletic department. We feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of different things that. Um, that we could do. And we also are seeing universities across the country that are starting to do the same thing. Yeah. And, or I guess it's really a continuation mm-hmm. of eliminating the, these Olympic sports. And, um, and so we also feel like, well, you know, every university is dealing with the same problem individually. Wouldn't it be more powerful if we could pull a consortium of these universities together and try to reimagine what, so, what this looks like. So, Vicki, did the when Iowa reached out to you as a letter winner and told you, they, did that blindside you? Or as this COVID thing has evolved, did you start to worry about not? Was there ever discussion between letter winners and stuff? Or did this completely come out of left field for you? It completely came out of left field. Okay. And, and if, you know, I'm, I'm an alumni. It's been a long time since I've, I've been really in the, you know, in, in any conversation with, with, with people at the university so it, you know, it, it wouldn't. It, to me, I felt like, well, that was part of it when when I started investigating this. Is I thought, well, maybe I'm just really out of the, uh, you know, out in left field. Mm-hmm. But certainly, I want to find out whether or not, whether or not the, the students, the current athletes, the coaches, whether they were privy to this, and they weren't. They weren't. The way this was handled was just. Uh, you know, it was like a you know vanilla, heartless corporation kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> kind kind of behavior where the students didn't have you know parents received zero warning, mm-hmm. and then the students were summoned to a meeting day of, and the athletic director made the announcement that the programs were terminated um, in two minutes, and he left mm-hmm. and. So, you know, they didn't even have a chance to, to talk to him or him to hear anything. And so it was just, 
it was just crushing. And then every, then I talked to parents, and every parent has the same story of getting a call from their son or daughter out of the blue telling them that they had just come out of a meeting in which their sports were being canceled and they had just arrived on campus. Wow. Yes. That's just awful. You know, I've been looking at this thing and I cover Iowa football and I've, do you think, to me it looks like athletic programs, especially the Power Five programs, are too dependent and on television revenue generated from football and that there's too much spending going on. Like, okay, you make 80 million, we better spend 79 million to keep up in the arms race. And then something like this yeah. comes about and there's no, what'd you call it, Tom? Some discretionary fund or some type of buffer that helps you get through something like this. It's yeah. just, there's no money because we're spending so much money to be, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, football pays a lot of the bills and, but football without the television revenue loses its power and it just has a trickle down effect. How do you change that? Yeah, exactly. I feel like you've nailed it. You've nailed it on the head is that I think there is an arms race in these programs. You know, the the amount of spending is is jaw dropping. You know, the athletic department itself has two hundred and nine million dollars in debt. And um, and that is, you know, and the university has, I think, two billion dollars in debt. And so, you know, and I've worked with some private equity companies and finance companies, and, you know, there's all sorts of instruments that enable you to borrow against recurring revenue streams. So you can, you can almost, you know, infinitely look at your future revenue streams of student admissions, football passes, media rights all of these kinds of things, and you can leverage those, and you can bring revenues forward out of those, you know, bring mm -hmm. your future revenues forward and use those for capital needs or other kind of expenditures. Um, but it, 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 you can't get drunk with it. You can't be intoxicated with it, or it will absolutely bury your business. And, you know, and I feel like there's something that has gone wrong the amount of money that the football program is, is theoretically bringing in um, for for them to be at a loss and have have spent down reserves it doesn't seem like there were any cash reserves that were on hand that's what i'm talking exactly. about yes yeah. and yeah well and you look at the the beautiful north end zone renovation that that iowa did a few years back and it's jaw-droppingly beautiful and you know it's something to be proud of but if you take take that money you could have uh, kept these four sports going uh, in perpetuity yeah and that's a good point and vicky you know they're they're taking out a 75 million dollar loan and they're paying it off over 15 years. And the, the money they're saving from the four programs is around $5 million. It looks like it's so obvious that they're using the money they're saving from these four programs to pay off this loan. Or, is it, or am I missing something? Is it that simple? Do you see that? Well, it, 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 it looks like that. I, I feel like one of the problems here is there has been zero transparency. Mm -hmm. And so we don't. You know, one of the first things that I looked at was I read a Forbes article that really broke down some of the. There was a Forbes article and a Sports Illustrated. I read article the Forbes article. Broke, they both broke down, mm -hmm. you know, kind of this this more you know harsh side of intercollegiate athletics and looking at the money. And 
that's the most transparency that we've that we've gotten. Uh, you know, when I when I started looking at this, I thought, okay, for the for the immediate year at hand, when we're in the middle of a pandemic, um, you know, I do not doubt for a you know for a second that the university and the athletics program are in a bad position because of COVID. Sure, right. 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not throwing any sort of, of, of shade at that. Um, however, it, the letter that I got said we are going to have, you know, up to a 60 or $75 million um, deficit. And so we're going to cut these programs. In the Forbes article, it really laid it out that it seemed like there was maybe a million dollars of savings in this calendar year, this Mm -hmm. academic year, and five million overall for these programs, scholarships, everything wrapped in. So I felt like, okay, so where where's the where's the transparency around where the other where the rest of the cuts what what those cuts are 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 going to add up to mm-hmm. outside of these programs. Um, and then we saw a well-publicized article where the football coaches still got a 12% increase in their salary. Mm-hmm. Now, they had, had, they had gotten a, a cut, mm-hmm. I think a 10% cut, but they got a, they got a salary increase. You know, they, well, that, you know, that, all of these things just add up to creative what what we in the music industry call creative accounting <laughs> and um and um and we feel like we we deserve you know, this is a public institution it's not I this agree. isn't a private business we deserve some level of transparency around the finances and the financial position that the university and the athletic department are in and we don't think that that's unreasonable mm-hmm. um and in exchange you know and in exchange for that we have brought together a group of, of very passionate minds from all all different decades. You know, I've, I've got people going back to the graduating in the 1950s who are continuing to email me and ask me how they can help. Um, and we want to put our we want to put our brain power together and and come up with something that's going to work. But but we you know we feel like the university it seems very arbitrary and it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like if they had any inkling at all of honoring the commitments to the student athletes that have been recruited, um, that they would give they, they would give the students, the families, and the community around the sport some sort of due process to to come up with something different. So why would they make it a, such a a unilateral thing? You know, saying we are not going to revisit this. They what? even put that in there. That they, just doesn't make sense to me. When Iowa released its statement to the media, Vicky, they even put in the statement that even though they've been contacted about donors and whatever, they were not going to go that direction. They made a point of putting that in their statement, which I thought was weird. I know, I know exactly. They they basically nailed the coffin. Yes. You know, from from the very very start, which which also to me. It made me st- take, you know, take a step back and say, actually, it it almost proves the argument that this is financial. It almost proves that fall out of the gate mm-hmm. because if it was fi- if it was purely financial, and they really wanted to keep the programs, but they said, you know, we just we're you know we're painted we're painted into a corner. We have no other choice. It's financial. Then. 
the first thing that you would do if you really wanted to keep the programs is to go public with that, yes. like other universities have already done. Mm-hmm. We've seen multiple, you know, Twitter videos and social media posts from different coaches and universities that are saying, you know, cutting programs is our is our last resort, and we want we want everyone to be aware that that we're in a crunch and we need private donations. Um, the University of Iowa didn't do that. They came out and made a unilateral mm-hmm. decision that these programs are cut. It was final. Don't don't bring us your money. We are we're done with them. Which just tells me that there's some other there's some other motivation here that is. I don't think it's conspiratorial. I think it is just simply that it, anything other than a handful of sports is noise, and they just don't. They just don't really care about these Olympic sports, and um, and it's not a financial, financially driven decision. These are these programs are an accounting error in the athletic department's budget. Well, the other thing that that is makes you scratch your head is we just built That's a world class uh, natatorium. Have you been back to see it, Vicky? The facilities. Oh my gosh! Yes. I went back in 2017. They had a celebration, 100 years of Iowa swimming. That's right. I remember uh-huh. that. And, and I went back for that, and it was, it was unbelievable. Now, I remember when I was recruited in, uh, in the 80s that they said, oh, we're going to have a new pool. We'll have a new pool by the time you're a senior. <laughs> and, um, and, you know. And that didn't happen, but I loved the field house. It was very yeah. dingy oh, yeah. and grimy, but, but, oh, my gosh, the energy in there was just unlike any other, any other pool. Um, but I did get to go back and see it in 2017, and it's gorgeous. Yeah. You know, the huge Hall of Fame wall, the diving well, the, you know, the 50-meter and 25-yard 50 pool. It, the whole facility is just gorgeous. And I remember they had originally planned to um they had originally planned to build the pool out by Thinkbine golf course mm-hmm. and and um and i was i thought oh that's terrible because it's so far off campus but and i love the location because th- this also this also allows visiting teams to to come in you know they're right in the center of campus yeah, yeah. right by the library it's it's such a great it's such a great facility so it just it makes you scratch your head, you know. Plus, weren't we going to host the NCAA tournament this year? Yes. Wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. Just... And I, I don't know for sure about this, but I have heard that that they've already tried to terminate, tried tried to pull out of that. That's and what I've say heard. That, you, you yeah. know, the university no longer wishes to host it, which is, again, you know, think of if you think beyond just the emotional impact and the programmatic impact of, of these of these sports, but you think about the broader Iowa city community and the, you know, the, the hotels and the restaurants and everything, the publicity, the, all of the things that we would be able to have for visiting student athletes and the, 
city of Iowa City and the economic impact, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a big blow. That's no. a really big blow to cancel the NCAA championship. Well, no, especially after, you know, canceling the football season, that's already going to cost the community $110 million. Yeah, no, it's just unfortunate. So, Vicki, when did you yeah. start? When did you, how old were you when you started swimming competitively? I was 13. Okay, so right about 7th, 8th grade. Yeah, exactly. And I was, um, and that's really late. I was going to say that most, is late. Yeah, mo- and when I got to when I got to Iowa, on the team, I was at first really intimidated because we had we had student athletes who were on there, you know, they're from other countries mm-hmm. and they were on their Olympic teams and on their national teams. They'd been every, almost everyone had been swimming since they were six, and. Um, and so I didn't have I didn't have that experience, and I just I just swam in my you know my summer teams and and in my high school. Yeah, wasn't Hoover and, you know, really good in swimming? Summer back, training wasn't Hoover really good in swimming back in your day? I you know I don't I, I think we, we were okay. Okay, I we, thought for some know, reason we were, I... we were we were we were pretty good. I mean, we usually had people at at the state meet. Okay, um, and um, you know, but but it was. But the whole idea of of being a competitive swimmer wasn't something that I took that I took very seriously until I was probably in in tenth or eleventh grade, and then I realized actually I'm I'm pretty good at this. Okay. Maybe I should just maybe I should keep going. So, what made you decide at the age of thirteen that hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out for swimming? <laughs> well, it, it's kind of a funny story. I wanted to be a diver. And I was taking, I was trying to do diving and I was, was practicing and I kept, I was tucking my head too much and I kept flipping over on my back and I was so frustrated. And Dave Linder, who was the swimming coach Uh in it at Hoover, he, he came up to me and he said, Hey, I see you're, you're, you're trying to dive. Um, have you ever thought about swimming? And I said, no. And he said, because you've, you've got the right frame for it. You've got really long arms and, you know, you're very long and lean and, and, um, and you might like swimming, you know, and I, I, I'm a coach, I'm a coach. So why don't you try it and come to practice? Wow. And, and I did. And so it was, you know, I think back of all these things in my life where I feel like that coach, Dave Linder, he, yeah. you know, he took five minutes out of what was undoubtedly a busy day to see this little girl who was landing on her back, <laughs> you know, try, doing a terrible job of diving and encouraged me to try something else. And that was what started the whole thing. Interesting. Wow. That's, a, that's a great story. Vicki, has it been hard um, not having any contact with uh, Pat Hardy for the last <laughs> I, I 40 this, years? I knew this was... <laughs> you know, ma- I, I don't know what I've been doing with myself. <laughs> well, it looks like you've been doing a lot. We've been... I, I, can you kind of explain to us? I mean, because I, I was trying to tell you in the email I sent you. I mean, Captain Steve, who just made that took that cheap shot at me is he's been in he's been in the radio business for 56 years Souter was in a band for a band called landslide for 10 for, years for 10 years and he's been working at this radio station ever since then so what what is it exactly that you do yes well i get a lot of people asking me that question um but i i work in digital music which is which is just this intersection between the music industry and the technology industry 
and I had worked. I had also worked in radio. Okay. In a in previous life, I was in the the, the ivory tower of the NPR network, and um, and I worked in. Uh, I was in Seattle, and I was working at an NPR news and information station called KUOW. And when the first Napster happened in 1999, which just completely upset the apple cart of the music industry because it was peer-to-peer file sharing and people were ripping the songs on their CDs and putting them on this this distributed network of Napster mm-hmm. and everybody had access to every song that was ever created illegally for free in this pirated environment. I, I tried the, I, I read about it and then I downloaded the client on my laptop i had a i had a dell laptop and a 14.4 modem and um and i downloaded a song and i browsed through all those songs and i thought oh my gosh everything just changed the entire entertainment industry has just changed because of this technology we are going to be able to have access to any movies or films or series or music videos or audio that we could ever want because of this technology. I want to do this. I want to figure it out. I want to figure out how it works, how the business is going to work. And that just, it just was something that I just sunk my teeth into. And so I've, you know, I originally was very naive in that I I thought, well, how hard could this be with the technology is already there? Can't we just legalize it and everyone's going to make a lot of money? And then I went to work at Real Networks in Seattle and they were one of the, they had a product called MusicNet, which was one of two early legally licensed music services. That was in 2000. Okay. And uh, and right away, I realized you know, none of the there were we had joint venture partners that were music labels, and none of the late none of them would give us any of their music. And so I realized how much the industry had to lose by this technology. And I I realized oh this is this is going to be a really really long <laughs> this is going to be a really long battle to 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 build this into a viable, into a viable legal industry. Um, so I just, I just became really fascinated with all aspects of it. The, the licensing, the rights, the, the technologies, the capabilities, the, the business relationships, um, how money flows, how data flows. And, um, and so I've been working in and around that for 20 years. Um, and um, I was at Sonos, which is a Wi-Fi connected speaker company. I also ran, started up and ran Seven Digital U.S. business, and they're a music platform out of London. And now I have my own consulting and advisory business. So I get to work with with lots and lots of different companies. Everyone from you know startups that are that are that have a great idea and they want to do something with music, but they don't know how the rights and the licensing works. To I'm also working with Oculus. And a game called Beat Saber, which is a, a VR rhythm game, and I'm licensing all the music for that. Wow! What a, um, wow! So it, so it's really fun and impressive. And I'm, I don't want to get corny here, but Iowa University of Iowa—that's where you graduated. How much did it help you prepare for 
what you're doing now. You talked about how the swimming and the education at Iowa was so big and, you know, kind of set in the course of your life. Yeah, I feel like, I, I feel like, you know, when I look back to, when I look back to undergraduate and education and courses, you know, you really don't, when you're in college, I think if you're, I think if you're going to be an engineer or you know, something that is highly technical where you're trained in programming language, you, you do have a little bit better idea of how you're going to apply those skills Mm -hmm. in a real world. But I was a business and a communications major. And I, I felt like I remember I had a roommate and she and I, one night we were talking, we're like, we were getting, I think we were seniors and we were laughing because we said, how does this work? I mean, we're going to get a job and we're going to sit in an office for eight hours every day. <laughs> what? <laughs> we, we're like, what are we going to be doing? What could we possibly do that would keep us interested and busy for eight hours a day? And we just, we just couldn't imagine it. And um, nor could I. <laughs> I still can't. <laughs> I, well, I know exactly, and I think. You know, the first job that I got out of college was at Procter and Gamble, and and interestingly, they recruit a lot of student athletes, mm-hmm. yeah. and they look for student athletes who are who who get really good grades and who are good at their sport. And that that was how I got my first job out of college. Is they recruited me because of that, and. Um, and they like, and the reason that they recruit a lot of, of student athletes who are who are also really good students is that they they have found that the self motivation mm-hmm. and the, the kind of self direction that it takes to be a student athlete at a college level and get good grades that it that that serves as a foundation uh, that that they have found to be found to be really correlated to success in that company. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, I got to ask you: Do you keep in touch with anyone from high school? I do. I do. There's a handful of people. Um, there's a handful of people, and in fact, there's a friend of mine who li- lives in Seattle, and another one in Chicago. And since the pandemic has been going on, um, the three of us have been texting each other regularly, you know, sending funny stories or just checking in and, you know, and with all the, you know, with all the, the fires and the pandemic. Yeah. Are you near fires? Are, we wanna, are, are you near the fires out there? Well, I'm, I am in Los Angeles. I'm in a neighborhood called Silver Lake, which is, oh. which is kind, kind of close to downtown Los Angeles in between downtown and Hollywood. So it's a fairly densely populated area. Um, so I don't feel like I'm at any risk of okay. fires breaking out and taking my house. However, there are fires all around Los Angeles, and there's one that's burning that's not very far from me. And so we didn't have the orange sky that, that mm-hmm. San Francisco had, but the last three days, it's, like even right now, I'm looking out my windows, at my and it's it's kind of a brown yellow mm. color. And there's you know on my balcony last night, I ran my fingers on the glass tabletop, and it's just covered in ash. Wow! So, so there's just there's just so much ash and smoke in the atmosphere from everything up and down the coast that you're you're there's probably no place that's completely immune to it. 
Wow, that's sounds awful. So if anything I take from this conversation is you did keep in touch with some of the people yeah. you went to school with. But Pat didn't make but, the cut. But in fairness, we went to different high schools. I, I went to Dowling <laughs> after eighth grade. I mean, and then she went to Hoover. So we, was it a conscious decision <laughs> to cut Pat out? Or? <laughs> I warned you about these guys. Well, you know, I, I had to do, uh, you know, I got out a notebook and I did, you know, positive and negative whether I should really cut him out or not. And the negatives outweighed. I, I will be the first to admit. Exactly. No, this the is negatives, the negatives, unfortunately, far outweigh the positives. So oh, there you go. This has been Arch. so much. This has been so much fun catching up. It I, mean, is. I, I wish is it would be under better circumstances. I feel for you, Vicky. I feel for all the people in your situation but keep us keep me up to date on what's going on with this thing and when i find some stuff out i will do the same thing because obviously you said sep september 23rd is what is that kind of the next yes. explain that yes exactly so so i sent that letter to the board of regents i got a um a very um it was almost felt like a form letter okay. back from the board of regents acknowledging receipt um and so that was that was disappointing because that letter did not address, I don't even know, if it seemed like somebody drafted it for the executive director, so I don't even know if they, I don't even know if he read my okay. letter. But, um, but we have, we've prepared a response and we're not, we're not stopping. Okay. We're not, we're not taking, we're not taking no for an answer. And so we've prepared a response. We sent that last night. And we have laid out um, our request, which is we want to be on the agenda of the Board of Regents meeting on September 23rd when they're going to be talking about fun athletics funding. Mm -hmm. And um, and we want to put forth many of the things that, that I've discussed, mm -hmm. that, we, that there wasn't adequate process for the current students and their families, that the students were not put first and that we have had no zero transparency around this and no no runway at all to try to keep the programs alive privately mm. and so we're our position is we you know alumni and parents and this broad association that we want the programs to be reinstated we feel like there this was not done properly and we want to have um we want to have some runway to work with some of these other universities that are having the same problems, to work with the um, with the national sports associations, and to come up with a new business model for Olympic sports at the intercollegiate level, and um, and honor honor the history and the legacy of these programs. Makes a lot of sense to me. It, it sure does, and uh, boy, we sure wish you the best of luck. And, uh, and I'm following you on Twitter now, so you do. You, if you got some information, go ahead and put it on Twitter. That's a good way. Well, obviously, you know how that works. Good way to get it out. And But yeah, and if I hear anything from this end, I'll keep you posted. We got one more question we want to ask you, and this is what we ask all of our guests from the University of Iowa, former athletes, current athletes, coaches, and yep. I'll let Tom do the honors. Remember, it's a radio station. It's music. Okay, so put your music hat on now. Take off your your sports thing and okay now gary barda picks up the phone she may not want to talk to him right now and and, and calls vicky nauman and you're thinking he's going to talk about the sports but he isn't he's okay. asking vicky nauman to pick an act or a band that's going to fill kinnick stadium who is Vicki Nauman going to hire? Keep in mind, he only gives you a minute of attention. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh! Well, that's a great one. There's so many acts. Yeah, See, I, I, immediate, right? I immediately would say, well, I think you should do a festival, and I can, and I come up with ten acts. Okay, that that, that would, would work. Be great. I, th- I think the but neighbors I are. I could put um, one of my favorite bands right now is Run the Jewels, and it, they're uh, they're hip hop and rappers, and they are so positive and really upbeat, and um, so I would definitely. I would definitely put Run the Jewels okay. on on that agenda, and um, and then I I I always because I grew up in an era where you know some indulgent guitar <laughs> indulgent guitar solos uh-huh. were a big part of, of of the bands. I also have a I also have a real soft spot for for rock, so I would say maybe somebody like the 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 Black Keys would be a, a really great. Okay. Um, a really great heavy rock sound to reverberate through Kinnick Stadium. Good answer. Okay. Good well, answer. Uh, neither <laughs> neither of those bands have ever come up before us. So good original answers, yes. Vicky. Hey, hey, this was a lot of fun. And like I yes. said, I'll be in touch if I hear of anything and vice versa. Let's let's kind of let's push this thing going. And good luck down the road. I hope this thing works for you guys. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. Okay. All good right, talking to you, Vicky. Vicky. Okay. That was. Well, was, she's terrific. Yeah, she's. I. I. Well, I. I remember. She was I, so easy to talk to in junior high. She was just a nice, intelligent person. I feel pointless. And she has a sense of humor. <laughs> to she has a sense of humor too. Oh, she caught big, right into the, the tone that you guys were throwing, and she. I think she enjoyed that. Yeah. She not only took the insults that you guys were hurling, she, she advanced them. them. She, <laughs> she amplified them. You know, she said she did a list of pros and cons, and she didn't just say the cons outweighed the pros. She said the cons far outweighed the pros. So I thought that so was good. So she just kind of ground you into the dirt. Yes. Much so is like, it yeah. fair to say that she's been pretty successful? I think, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I still don't really understand what she does. Oh, I yes. didn't understand anything she was saying. It sounded good. I didn't understand it. I kept looking I'm for like, you. Did you just see me tilt my head like a dog? Well, <laughs> well all our heads were tilted. Well, I kept saying, you know, I think these guys may know what she's talking about since they're in the radio business. But S- Sort yeah. of, but not yeah, really. Yeah, I kind of get it, but... Sounds like she pounced at the right time and has been successful. Yes. I mean, she saw, she had some vision. Is that fair to say? Yes. She had vision, a lot of and, vision. and timing. And brought down the first Napster, I would say. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I mean, seriously. So what was your guys' thoughts when all that stuff was happening? That the music industry was going to change. Yeah, I mean, the music industry has been uh, behind since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. And what they do is there's a lot of them uh, that rip off the artists. Uh, You know, the music industry is always fighting for its fair cut from these performances. I understand. Everyone wants to make money. Yeah, but then... They screw the artist up. No, you're right. Yeah. So I mean, you're right. It's it's not the it, it's not a stand up industry. Uh, they didn't see this coming, and when it was coming, and they did see it, they fought it uh, yeah. instead of yeah. instead of joining it. Kind of like what the newspapers, newspapers did with the exactly. internet. Yep. Exactly. Kind of like what the newspapers did with the internet. Exactly. I remember when I was still working at the Press Citizen, I'd get a story done, and they'd spend all their time getting it ready for the pagination of the newspaper. And meanwhile, I'd be like, hey, has anyone posted it yet? Hey, has anyone? And posting it was always the last, oh, yeah, posted. Now, I imagine most newspapers, the first thing they do is post. Then they deal with the paper product afterwards. That just shows you no well, newspaper. Like I, I was talking to a radio guy, and, and this is how ridiculous it is. It's 2020. And I said, well, what do you do for, for Facebook? You know, 
Oh, I don't have time for that. And you have to. Even I do the Facebook with Hawk Fanatic. You yeah. have to have time for Facebook and to. Twitter and, and Instagram. You just have to. You have to. Or nobody will pay attention to them. 90% I mean, of my views come from social media to my website. Not many people, oh, gee, I'm going to go spend the next hour on Hawk Fanatic. People mm -hmm. just don't shop for content that way. They mm -hmm. see something on social media, yeah. it takes them to a website. Uh -huh. One thing, back to Vicky for a sec, that I thought was interesting. She's not necessarily saying, hey, football, we want them. She kept saying we need to come up with a different business model. And to me, yeah. that's the only key to survival if they're going to. And working with the other colleges, I thought, was just a, yes. a fantastic Maybe they could uh, do look at this. Yeah, no, I she's not just approaching this saying, Hey, give us back our sports and funnel no. some of that money. She's trying to come up with a different way to generate money. And I wouldn't put it past her with everything she's accomplished. No, it sounds like I everything she's either. everything she's wanted to do, she's been able to accomplish. That was a good interview. No, it sure was. I talked to her forever. Yeah, no, I really could. Yeah, and I've got it's been nineteen seventy eight. That seriously was. And yeah, when I knew her in seventh and eighth grade, she was just I don't remember her. Like, I don't remember her winning all these medals in swimming because she was literally just starting then. Mm -hmm. which well, is, she probably wasn't winning them. No, she was just starting, which yeah. is unbelievable because, like she said, they do start a lot earlier. But by the time she was at Hoover, I remember, wow, man, look what, Vicky, look what Vicky's doing now. I remember by the time she got to Hoover her junior, senior year, well, Iowa doesn't just let anyone come and swim. There. No. You have to be pretty good to swim at Iowa. So, yeah. no, she was quite the story, quite the success story. So, thanks, Vicky. We appreciate you calling in. And Very impressive. No, that was fun. And what time? It's about quarter till almost. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good forty-minute interview almost. So. Well, anything and, else? And stay in touch with her. I will. I will. And f after that board of regents oh, without, meetings, I'll have her on again. See if there. Yeah. See if there's a, a path for that. That'd be great. No, I agree. And it sound the way she described Iowa is the exactly the same way Iowa football parents are describing the Big Ten. There doesn't just lack of transparency. No Did you hear what's going on with Ohio State's Attorney General? Yeah, yeah, but what's well? What's the latest? Well, that he is uh, going to uh, sue Ohio State University and the Big Ten uh, for uh, for the funds that they have lost. Yeah, uh, I mean, good yeah. luck. I mean, I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. Is this another call? Should we take this last call? Yeah, let's take it. This will set the. Yeah, this will put a wrapper on it. All right. Hello. Hey, a serious call, actually. Good. I have a uh, good friend of mine whose daughter is a national champion in, in diving out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and they travel all around the U.S., and she has told me on several occasions that their favorite facility and place to come is Iowa City and the facility down there. Interesting. Wow. So, wow. so um, you know, we have a reputation in that swimming and diving facility right now that has been built with money, and it would be a shame to see all that inertia. I, I agree. And then think about the students that know about that. When you have somebody in Florida um, and the parents that like to come here, that does a lot in terms of also the amount of reach, not only for the swimming and diving team, but um, University of Iowa as oh, well. But yeah, anyway, bet. thanks for a great interview, guys. You bet. Thank hey, you. Thanks, thanks for the call. No, that facility is gorgeous. It is. I love going over there. World class. Every time I go over there, because I'm afraid of heights, but I've never been afraid of diving boards. I'd love to go off the – don't they have like a 30-footer? Over yeah, there, I'd love. I, yeah. I w would you hesitate to go off that? I wouldn't. I'd go off it right now. Oh, I I'd go off. I can't it, swim. But... I'd drown. Well, we'd have somebody Jan could jump in and save your ass. I mean, I mean watching those some Jan's of those platform divers in the Olympics, I would never do that. Oh, I wouldn't do triple flips and sidewinders, but I would oh. just b j jump feet first. Like a danger field did in back to school. Yeah, <laughs> I would hope that I my body wouldn't tilt over to where I belly flop. But I, I those facilities over there are just gorgeous. 
Yeah. So, but okay, Anything again, else? nope, that's it. And thank you, Vicky Nauman, yes. for being our guest. Great interview, and um, we'll be back tomorrow morning. All right, uh, hawkfanatic.com. Check it out.